For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am very excited about today's show. Today I'll be joined by Jen Herman and we'll explore how to use Instagram for marketing. I've also got an awesome discovery that I want to share with you right now. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. I found this really cool new website called Thunderclap. And the way it works is if you've got a cause or you're launching something in particular, this allows you to basically have a bunch of your fans and followers come together and help you make a big amount of noise all at the same time. And they've got such a good little demonstration of what it is that I'm going to go ahead and play a little clip from a video they've got on your website to kind of explain how it works. We live in a culture where there are nearly a billion Facebook posts every day and 400 million new tweets. But with so much noise, how do you rise above the clutter when you need to be heard? This is Thunderclap, the first crowd-speaking platform that allows you to lend your voice to causes and ideas you believe in. Because when we speak together, we can make change happen. Here's how it works. Set up your page and create a simple message you want to spread. You can include a video and a link to drive traffic. Set the amount of supporters you want to back the message and the date you want it to thunderclap. Invite people to donate their social reach on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. If you hit your goal number of supporters, your message will be blasted out automatically by each person that backed the cause all at the same time, which in turn instantly reaches every one of their friends and followers and beyond. This doesn't just amplify the message, it explodes it across social media. But Thunderclap doesn't just broadcast messages to the widest possible audience. It connects each organizer with the analytics and details of everyone backing their cause. And it will go on to tell you that you can actually go ahead and communicate with those people again. So the concept here is it's kind of like Kickstarter, except it's for launches or events or for causes. And for example, I'm on their website right now and I can see that Judas Priest has got a new um, album called Redeemer of Souls and looks like they're um, 97% supported. And uh, I'm looking at um, Reef Social Media Storm, June 16th, about Fight the Reef. And this looks like something to do with the Australian Reef. So I've even seen podcasters use this to kind of help get the word out about their launch. And I participated in a thunderclap, and it's very easy. Basically, um, 
people would share on their network, please help me. You go to the website, you say you want to participate. And then what it does is it says, okay, do you want to use Twitter? I say yes. And then you have to give it authorization. And then on the day and the time, boom, it'll tweet out automatically my tweet along with every other person's that's gotten behind whatever the launch is. So check it out. I think it's a really cool concept. Thunderclap.it slash en. Thunderclap.it slash en. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to today's interview on Instagram. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Jen Herman. If you don't know who Jen is, she's a blogger at jenstrends.com, and it's J-E-N-N. And that blog happens to be one of our top 10 social media blog winners for 2014. Her blog is focused on social media. And she's the author of the ebook, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Instagram. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. So let's dig into this a little bit. Um, I know that from my own personal experience, I have been using Instagram just for a little while. So I'm a bit of a rookie and I'm struggling to figure out what the marketing angle is with Instagram. So, so let's just start with this first question. Why should marketers consider Instagram in your opinion? Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not unique. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are either using Instagram for their own, um, personal use, sharing photos with friends and family, or they just haven't quite jumped on, let's call it the bandwagon just yet. Um, there's a lot of stereotypes out there. Instagram's all about selfies. Instagram's all about, you know, what you had for lunch today or, you know, cloud photos and those kind of things. But really, it is so much more than that, and it goes so much deeper. And the marketing aspect is so much stronger these days, and it only continues to grow. One of the things um, that I always tell people is the big buzzword for 2014 has been visual marketing. Last year, it was really big on content marketing. This year, I mean, you see it on Facebook, even Twitter is now adopted um, a more visual platform where everyone's going towards a visual content. And not only is Instagram a visual platform, but it actually gives you the capacity to create visual content for your other sites. With the use of filters and all the, the fun tools within Instagram, you can really create some fun, amazing artwork that you can then put on your blog, your website, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. And so it really gives you cross-promotional purposes. Um, but beyond that, it really isn't just like I said about the selfies and, and just about, you know, being trendy, actually 65% of the world's top brands are currently using Instagram and that number only continues to grow. And with 200 million uh, monthly active users, and that's growing exponentially, I, I predict they're going to hit at least 300 million this year. They've got a huge base of people to work with. So no matter what your target audience is, some of them are using Instagram. And of all those users, sorry, you have a question? No, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, of all those users, um, 70% of them actually log in daily. So these aren't people that have an account and then leave it hanging. These are people that are using it every day, and you can reach them so much more clearly through Instagram than you can through Facebook with EdgeRank or other sites that move a lot faster. 
Well, what since you've been on Instagram a lot longer than I have, what's the um, the uh, the culture like when it comes to seeing images that are not obviously personal? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it depends on how the images are used. Um, some brands are a little bit better at getting creative. I've seen a couple brands like um, there's one that is a flooring company and. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, unfortunately, but they have, you know, they'll show a picture of a cat sitting on a rug or they have, you know, the kids playing on the hardwood floor. So it looks like a very organic, you know, image. It's very native to Instagram, but it's actually promoting their flooring products. Mm. So there's ways that you can, you take an everyday product in your business and make it look native to Instagram products and and things that stand out as, as obviously like, okay, here's just a random picture of, of a, of a necklace on a stand aren't going to get the same reactions. But if you put that necklace on a model sitting in a park, it's going to get way more interaction. So there's different ways you can incorporate your products and services to make them look more native and get that better engagement results out of it. Just a few little comments here to what you said earlier about 2014 being the year of images. I do believe that visual marketing is becoming a really big deal. And a lot of the data that we've recently revealed in our 2014 social media marketing industry report um, proves that to be true that marketers are really focusing heavily on images and in particular creating different kinds of images in their social media marketing so I think that's important and I think part of the reason that's important is because social media predominantly is a has been historically a text-based medium right where people are just putting little text updates here and there and more and more and in particular facebook for example is using much bigger images when for example they're pulling in uh, a post off of the facebook open graph you know they're pulling in that open graph data they're allocating a lot more room to graphics so i agree that graphics are a really big deal and instagram is such an easy way to go about doing it so let's talk about some marketers that are using instagram well you know, maybe you've got a couple of examples or one example of, you know, a marketer that's doing it well. And what are they doing? Yeah, um, I've got a lot of examples, um, different, you know, for different reasons. Um, one site, and I mean, I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm a huge Michael Kors fan. I love all of his stuff. I've got way too much stuff in my closet. But they do Instagram really well from Wait, their product. One placement. quick question for those of us that don't know who that person is. What yeah. is that? <laughs> Uh, Michael Kors, he's a, uh, he's a really big fashion designer. Um, he's actually one of the judges like on project runway. Um, so really big in the fashion world for mostly women's fashion, but also, um, has dabbled into men's fashion as well. Gotcha. So really big on all the accessories. Um, and his purse line is really, really popular. And that's like I was saying product placement for them on Instagram. They do so well. They do great shots of behind the scenes of photo shoots. They do great shots of their products, um, in different, you know, basically the catalog images, you're seeing them on Instagram before you see them in the catalogs. So you're getting all these, these initial, um, kind of sneak peeks into the world of Michael Kors and this design, you know, when they do the, the fashion weeks and those kind of things, you're seeing the models get ready for the show. And it's a great way to connect with that fashion audience. As a disclaimer though, one thing, and I feel this way about his brand, unfortunately, across social media is they lack the engagement. And Instagram is a highly engaged, highly active environment, and they don't respond well. They don't, you know, respond quickly or barely at all to um, to their followers' comments. And that's one thing that I think Instagram users need to be very cautious of: is to be um, very responsive and, and 
really react and respond to answer questions uh, with their followers because it is that kind of really close-knit community. Okay, I want to uh, dig deep on this engagement thing right yeah. now, but just first, I want to summarize. So what I hear you saying is that Michael Kors is taking lots of photography. Well, they're already taking photographs because they've got these purses and they're at fashion shows, so they've already got photographers that are there anyways, I'm imagining. But they're showing the things that you may not normally see as a fan, right? They're showing how they put together the the products for the shoots or for the you know the art, the art models before they go out on the runway. So they're giving you that little behind-the-scenes peek, which I think is really, really intriguing. And a lot of people listening right now could probably figure out how to do that. And we did that for social media marketing world. For example, um, mm-hmm. we would show, for example, um, stacks of um, of uh, signs or, you know, this is the location where we're going to be having our conference. And we would just get people excited before they came um, about where they were going to come. So if you have any kind of physical location, you know, um, I think that would come in really handy. So that's cool. Now, now let's get into the engagement thing because those of us that are rookies with Instagram – are probably just doing what Michael Kors is doing and we're putting, taking a picture, adding a description and sticking it out on Instagram and then we're done with it. So what should we be doing beyond that? And how is engagement done on Instagram? Yeah, it's, um, the engagement factor is, is like, I can't, I don't have the exact statistic, but it's considerably higher than what you would get on Facebook or than what you would get on, you know, Twitter or even Google Plus and things. I've run a couple um, tests of my own. I've written a couple of blog posts that show actual statistical comparisons between um, Facebook engagement and Instagram engagement and Twitter engagement with the exact same posts um, at the same times, different times, peak times, and all it got, you know, all scientific with it. And Instagram almost always comes out ahead, considerably higher, like significant increase in engagement. Engagement on Instagram is a like, which is a little heart, or you can double tap is what you'll hear people refer to it as, which is if you double tap the image, that's how you like an image and it puts the little heart. So you get likes just like you would get on Facebook or you get comments. So you write a caption. Um, A lot of times I even ask a question in the caption and say, you know, what are your thoughts on this or what challenges have you experienced with this Um, or ways to engage your readers in a conversation. And then when they respond, you get a trail of comments. Now, you when you respond to somebody on Instagram, you want to make sure you at mention them. So you want to say at so and so and then mention your comment, because if you don't at mention them, they won't get notification that you've responded to them. This it's not a, like Facebook yeah, where you get the, like, the hundred responses. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like Facebook before they have allowed the um, the replies to comments. You had to at tag someone so they knew that you replied. And exactly. it's, it's just like Twitter without at tagging them. They'll never know. So when you said Michael Kors is lacking the engagement, um, what do you wish they would be doing? I wish they would respond more. Um, that's And that goes beyond Instagram. But specifically on Instagram, you'll see they have hundreds of comments. And not one of them is theirs. So they have all these people saying, I love this purse. I love this new color. Oh, this would be amazing to go to this, you know, fashion show or whatever it is. And crickets. And they've they've posted two or three photos in an hour. You know they're there, but they're not responding to their audience. So the ideal situation would be to pick a couple because they can't obviously reply to all of them, right? Of course. And just um, is it does Instagram make it easy to just click on the person's name and reply, or do you have to actually type it in? Could that be part of the challenge? 
Um, sometimes you do have to type it in, um, which can get complicated. If you do tap on the person's comment, you can usually hit reply. Um, so you want to kind of press and hold on Android. I think it's the same thing on iPhone where if you press and hold that person's comment, it should allow you to reply, which should default their tag, um, their at mention name into your response. Gotcha. But it still just puts it down at the end. But again, in a company of the size of Michael Kors or another big company, even if they just responded and just in general said, thank you all for your you know comments. We're glad you like the new color even just something to acknowledge that in general they're listening to what people are saying versus just hiding off in, in silence. This is a big, everyone who's listening right now, this is a challenge that transcends Instagram. This is a challenge with people on Facebook. It's a challenge with people on every single network is acknowledging your fan base. I mean, it's very easy on Twitter when someone asks you a direct question to reply back. But on Facebook, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of us just tend to have a broadcast mentality. And if you really want to make those fans excited, reply to them and they'll go nuts, won't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I have to say, as you mentioned in the introduction, you know, I, I um, was very, very fortunate to be, you know, um, awarded one of your top 10 blogs of 2014. And I did that after literally one year of blogging. So this isn't something that I've been, you know, building up over the last five years. And the way I honestly believe I did that was by creating that culture of engagement with my audience. And I honestly make a concerted effort to at mention or thank every single person or respond to every question. Obviously, we can't do it all the time. Um, but when you really do engage with those people and treat them like a human being and respond, give yourself that extra hour a day or 20 minutes a day, whatever it is, take the time to really respond to those audience members. And, and that audience just becomes those brand advocates that you can't stop them from talking about you. Okay, let's, let's, let's come up with one more quick example that's not maybe in the okay. fashion space, you know, of someone who's using yeah. Instagram well. Um, I'm going to use, I'm going to say General Electric only because, again, they're another big company, but because they're a service company. General Electric obviously doesn't serve the masses. You don't go to a store and buy a General Electric motor. You know, that's something that they're doing more of a service-based industry. And they are so amazing on Instagram. They get it across the board. They're doing the engagement. They're responding. Again, they show sneak peeks. They take people on tours around their facilities through Instagram. Hmm. They run contests, you know, where they've got people, you know, chiming in on a, you know, an Instagram contest for General Electric. I mean, the things that they, they engage their audience with and always all of their posts tons of likes and comments. They're very, very active. And for a company that you would not expect to have anything to do with social media, they're always at the top of the list. Okay. So this is the division of General Electric that's basically making motors or something like that, right? Um, like all their turbines and all like, you know, engines for planes and all that kind of stuff. The, the big mechanical things. I'm sure somebody listening right now said, Instagram contest. What does that mean? Talk to me a little bit about how people are using <laughs> contests on Instagram. Absolutely. Um, contests are a fun way to really engage your audience, just like, you know, on, you know, uh, Facebook contests and things like that. Um, you can do them in different ways. You can have people submit photos using a hashtag. Hello, user generated content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they take a photo using your product and they hashtag it. And once a week you pick a winner. But now you have hundreds, maybe thousands of people submitting images of your product in use, which then you can either repost or you can then, you know, maybe you create a, a gallery on your website showing all of these images that have your products in use, um, but they're going to win something out of it. So you give away maybe a free 
uh, a sample of an upcoming product. Maybe you give away um, a ticket to an upcoming event, you know, whatever your type of reward would be. Of course, we want to get away from like, win a free iPad if you, you know, unless it's related to your business. You don't want to give away stuff that's irrelevant. You want to give away stuff that your audience wants and that's related to your audience so you don't get all the the willy-nilly followers now you mentioned reposting is the etiquette on um is the etiquette on instagram similar to twitter where you can just essentially like you know on twitter you can hit a retweet button is it the same concept with instagram where you can repost someone's image on your instagram profile it's not that easy but yes um instagram itself does not allow you to repost somebody's content but there are um third-party apps out there which are um, like uh, Regram, I think is one of them, R-E-G-R-A-M, um, or Repost, things like that, that actually allow you to take somebody else's Instagram image and repost it on your own. And it actually lays a watermark over the image, giving them original attribution. Cool. And then you can either tag them or at mention them so they know that you've now showcased their image. Sweet. Regram, huh? G- R-E-G-R-A-M. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, one of the things that I've noticed about Instagram is nobody's nobody's all the activity is in the ecosystem of Instagram. I don't know how else to say this, but unless someone, when they take a picture, chooses to share it out to the other social networks with that little click box, you know what I mean? Like share it on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter for the most part, you never leave Instagram. It's like that hotel California song. You can, you can enter, but you can never leave. Like, why is it that URLs don't seem to be populated in Instagram, um, updates, right? They're not there. So unless I'm mistaken, so how does someone use it to drive traffic? It seems like that's not really possible. I'm going to keep this as short as possible, but I literally just did a whole webinar on Tuesday on how to drive traffic from Instagram. So I've got a lot of thoughts on that one. Um, but yes, in general, the the only place on Instagram where you can put an active hyperlink is in your bio. So where you go to your homepage and you see your profile picture and your description, you can include a website link. That is the only clickable link anywhere on Instagram. The only reason I can say why this is is because when it was originally developed for personal use, they didn't want spam and you know, oh, click on this link and all these kind of crazy things. They wanted it for personal use only. As it's evolving, my assumption, and it's purely an assumption, will be that they will, like Facebook, differentiate between a business profile and a personal profile, and that business profiles might get access at that point to active hyperlinks in their posts, but I can't even promise that. That's just speculation. Mm. So for right now, what you're really going to need to do is get creative with calls to action within your images and or your captions. So for example, I'm a blogger. Every time I have a new blog post, I have a, and I actually create all my blog post images in a square format with the purpose of sharing them to Instagram. Not many people do that, but as an Instagram, an Instagram blogger, that's obviously something I take into consideration. So I share that image to Instagram every time I have a new blog post And I write a caption that explains what the blog post is. And then I clearly state, click on the link in my bio. They click on my image, go to my bio, and they click on the link. And it takes them right to my homepage with my most current um, blog post. Now, if you had, obviously, a different based business, that link could be um, a lead or um, landing page where you want to get them to convert, sign in for your, you know, membership or sign up for the contest or something like that. Um, you could have a products page where you have all your featured products on that page. You could have it um, as, you know, your blog or it could be your homepage. 
whatever website you want to put in that link is where you're going to drive people to. So you want that to be very specific because you've already made them jump through a hoop or two to get to that link. You want to make sure that you're making it easy once they get to your website. You know, but it's almost like radio, by the way, right? Like, it's like radio, right? right? You have to have a something someone can remember, right? So, like, if they're not going to jump through the hoop, then you better have a really simple URL, like, uh, like jenstrends.com slash contest. And they can't forget that. And they'll have to hand, manually type that in like a phone number. <laughs> but, but I'm imagining that's really, those are the two ways to do it. Am I right? It is. If you put the link in your in your caption and say, go to this link or whatever, it has to be really simple and easy to remember. Or like you said, say, click on the link in my bio and take them there. Um, the, the downside is yes, you have to work harder to get that traffic. The good news is if you've made somebody jump through three or four hoops to get to that page on your website, you have to do very little to convert them. You've already got them there. These aren't high bounce rates. These aren't people that are looking to lose or hit the, the button by accident and meant to go to a different website. They're there because they liked what they saw, they wanted to see it, and they want to know more. So the quality of traffic is much, much higher than what you'll get on any other social media site. So it's definitely worth it, but it, it takes some creativity and a little bit of work. Now, you mentioned the Instagram profile you know, what, what are some tips to, um, make our Instagram profiles better, if you will? Yeah. The, uh, the most important thing, like I said, is the URL. You want that URL in there and active that people can click on. Um, you also want to have a very clear and recognizable name. The name is essentially your name. So whether it's your business name or, you know, in my case, it's Jen Herman, you want it to be whatever the name is that people are going to recognize you by. And the other little trick is to actually put a keyword in your name. So on mine, if you look at my bio, it says Jen Herman blogger. So anybody who's searching for blogger or blog on Instagram, my name will actually come up in the search engine result on Instagram hmm. because the only items that are searchable are your username and your name. It Ooh. won't search your bio. Very intriguing. So, so you can you actually put a full sentence after your name? Like if I said social media examiner colon your guide to the social media jungle or something like that, or is there a limit to how many words they let you put in there? There is a limit. I'm not sure what the limit is on the name. Your entire bio can be 150 characters. And I, I want to say the name is probably like in the 30 number of characters, but I can't remember exactly what it is, but you have enough number or enough characters where you can actually put your name and, uh, so at least one or two keywords or a little catchphrase or something that people would recognize. Um, and then the same thing goes with your username. You want your username to be something recognizable. Mine is Jens underscore trends. Um, if you start putting, you know, JT underscore 37, 26, you know, <laughs> that, people don't recognize that. And that's how you show up in Instagram is by your username. So you, whatever you choose as your username, that's how people are going to learn to recognize you. So make sure it's something relevant, whether it's your name or your business name. Let's talk hashtags because, and for those that don't know, you know, pound word, you know, uh, with no spaces is what a hashtag is. But let's talk about, I, I understand hashtags are kind of a big deal on Instagram. Talk to me a little bit about maybe how can we be strategic as marketers using hashtags? And I will be the first person to throw it out there. I hate hashtags. I don't get them. I don't like them. I never use them on any other social media site. And that's probably my own fault. I tell people to use them, but I just don't like them. But on Instagram, queen of hashtags. 
because they work. It really is the difference between a couple likes and tens, dozens, even hundreds of likes on your posts. So what you want to do is choose hashtags that are um, some sort of category relevant to your post and or your business. So let's assume you have, let's just go and say, um, you know, you're a jewelry store. So you're going to want to use hashtags related to jewelry, gems, diamonds, pretty, things like that that are related to your industry. For myself, I obviously use tags like social media, social media marketing, because that's my industry, that's my niche. I'll also include, you know, hashtag blog, hashtag blogging, things like that that relate to the content that I'm sharing. Now, you don't want to go crazy. You can, Instagram will allow you to use up to 30 hashtags per post. Wow. But there's no need to be using 30 hashtags. <laughs> well, how do you decide so, which ones to use? I mean, is there some tools that make this easier or um, do you just do a search on the hashtag to see how many people are using it or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there's a couple different ways to find hashtags. One is you, I recommend look at your competitors, see what they're using. Um, not that you want to copy them, but if there's something that everyone's using, you should probably be using it too. You can also, I mean, you can actually just Google popular hashtags on Instagram and you'll get a hundred websites that give you the top Instagram hashtags, hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to use them. Like one of the most popular ones is going to be Kim Kardashian. Do you really need to hashtag Kim Kardashian? Probably no. <laughs> not. So you, you still want to find things that are popular. Like, you know, love is a popular hashtag. Okay. Well, do you hashtag love this new, you know, product you got in? Okay. You might be able to squeeze that one in, but you still want to be somewhat conservative in terms of not overdoing the popular hashtags. And what I always recommend people do is choose a variety of hashtags based on their popularity. So for example, with uh, my hashtags, I use hashtag social media, and that's a very popular hashtag that produces hundreds of thousands of results, which is great. That's really popular. Lots of people are searching for it. So it increases my chances of my posts getting seen by more people. However, it's so popular that within five minutes, you can't see my post anymore. So it becomes like a crazy Twitter feed almost where it's just moving so quickly. So you don't only want to use really popular posts. You also want to mix in some mid-range popularity and low popularity. So I also use hashtag social media marketing, which produces thousands of results. And I use hashtag social media tips. And I invite all the callers if they want to see what I'm talking about. If you search on Instagram, hashtag social media tips. I almost own that hashtag. <laughs> I've kind of taken it over because it's not as popular. There are plenty of other people using it, but now anybody who looks at that hashtag goes, who's this Jen's trans girl? She owns this. And now all of a sudden I have credibility in something that is something they're looking for just because I have the popularity of that tag, which produces hundreds of results, not tens of thousands. And we should probably explain that the reason why these hashtags are interesting to people is because people want to find photographs that are topically of interest to them. And if they're interested in social media and they don't know who Jen is, they might click social media and then discover Jen and then they might start following you, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the best ways to get new followers is through hashtags because someone's searching for something specific, whether it's they're looking for new shoes, they're looking for, you know, a new cable provider. I mean, the most random things people will search for on Instagram via hashtag and they just look for the results that come up. They find images that connect with what they're looking for and they start 
either leaving comments or engaging, following that person. So it not only increases the reach of your post, but it can quickly draw in new followers. Now, um, we've talked about taking photographs as a good way to use Instagram. Um, What about creating photographs? You know, there's lots of tools out there like Canva and PicMonkey that allow you to create original, you know, words on top of pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something that you see a lot going on on Instagram and th- is there room for marketers to do this kind of thing or people mostly looking for actual original photography? Unfortunately, the answer to that question, I think, depends on who you ask. A lot of people, I don't think, like those images um, because they're Which not ones? native. Which ones? Um, the ones where you created them, the ones right. like from Canva or ones where you've created, you know, word text, you know, right. maybe it's an inspirational quote or something like that. Traditional Instagram users don't tend to like those as much because they're used to the native. They like the photos and the pretty pictures and the angles and and that kind of stuff. But everything evolves. And as more people are using Instagram that are used to the memes and used to the inspirational quotes and more people are using those, more people are starting to accept them on Instagram. So it's not something where I can say don't do it. And I mean, as I said, I'm the first person to advertise a blog post and I do it with a created image. I mean, it's got a photo usually in it, but it is a word-based image advertising my newest blog post. So I use them just as, as much as I also use um, images. But I, I invite people to try to get more creative um, if possible. Of course, it takes more time. But if you have an inspirational quote, maybe you actually handwrite the quote with a really pretty colored pen on a notepad and take a picture of the notepad with your handwritten quote rather than putting it on an image. So it kind of makes it a little bit more native to Instagram and a little less of a giant green meme in your face. Yeah, or you Uh, could even take a picture of your monitor showing your latest blog post and the social share numbers on it, right? Or something like that. Yep, a lot of people do that. They take a screenshot of their new blog post on their computer, on their desk. Um, You know, it kind of gets more into like the behind the scenes, like, ooh, just finished tonight's blog post. Can't wait for you to see it in the morning. Right. Now you've almost teased it. Now they're like, oh, new blog post coming tomorrow. And so there's there's different ways that you can get creative, but you can use those created images. Canva, I know, is great. And they have the pre-formatted square. Um, And some of their templates even allow you to make things that look a little bit more organic and a little less kind of meme-ish. You know what I like about Instagram, and I see a lot of my friends do this, is they're creating images of themselves living their life and they're cross-tweeting them through to Facebook. And Mm -hmm. my understanding is I think it only goes to your personal profile. I don't think it goes to your business profile on Facebook. I could be mistaken, but I don't recall having the choice. It's kind of... Apparently, Android has not got that feature yet, even though I was told they do, but I don't have it. But I know a couple Android users that do have the feature to go to their business page. And I believe iPhone users have it because iPhone users get everything before Android users. I don't yeah, know. I don't remember ever seeing that <laughs> option. I remember it going to my personal profile. Uh, you have to actually go in to your settings when you choose which Facebook account to link to. It's not when you go from the individual upload. It's from your actual settings oh. where you choose your Facebook account. And you can actually, if you have the setting, can choose and it'll actually list all the pages which you manage and you can actually choose one that way. Well, I guess where I was going with this is this is kind of a neat way to create content that can go on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. 
And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's because you're forced to be creative on Instagram because everyone else is, you know, but on Facebook, it's pretty easy to just paste the link in. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, when, when you get creative, like for example, I took pictures of palm trees and I said, this awaits you in San Diego. You know what I mean? For those who are coming to the Mm -hmm. conference, um, or a picture of like the USS Midway, you know, these kind of shots really got people excited and I had to get creative and I had to be thinking ahead and actually go and take a whole bunch of photographs and then slowly but surely upload them over time with the strategy and that kind of stuff actually, you know, if anything, Instagram forces you to be creative and there's no reason that creativity cannot be cross applied to whatever network you're on. Um, Absolutely. One thing that's kind of cool about Instagram is this new Instagram direct thing, relatively new. Can you describe what that is and, and maybe how you've seen people using it? Yeah, it's actually when it first came out, there's a lot of hesitation. A lot of people weren't really sure how to embrace it. Um, but Instagram direct is basically a direct message connection through Instagram. You can invite or speak to up to 15 other Instagram users. They can be your followers or not. They can be following you or not. There's no restrictions to who you can invite through an Instagram direct message. You just need to know their username. And so it's basically, it's like you you get to take your conversation off the public forum. So you can, you know, reach out to one person or maybe you have a, a team of five and you can say, hey, you know, next week we're going to run this contest promo. What do you guys think of this promotional image? And you can just share it with those five people without having to actually post it on Instagram and tell everybody about it. So it's a great way to get your team involved. Um, you, you can also, it's great for customer service. Let's say you're a company that's, you know, the trolls are out there. They're going to come out there and they're going to say negative things and, and bash you or whatever it is. But you get people that have genuine, hey, I bought this new product. It's not working. I don't know what to do. You can respond and say, we're, you know, recommended it. But if the conversation starts to get a little complicated and you want to take it kind of off the public forum, you can send them an Instagram direct message and actually have a whole conversation back and forth as long as you want off the public forum, but resolve their issue one on one. It saves time, you know, in in IT phone calls or, you know, bumming up your customer service line because you can just do it right there on Instagram. Um, it's also a great way to send promotional discounts or sales notices to exclusive members. Maybe you only want to um, send it out to your VIP members instead of a, a broadcast um, sale. So you send out the the image via Instagram direct to your VIP members who you have their Instagram handle for, and they're the only ones who get the message. So now they get that exclusivity bonus of being a VIP member. Awesome. And I'm, I'm assuming you can do the short video and the and the photographs uh, and text all through the direct. Is that correct? You can do, um, to start an Instagram direct message, it has to be either a photo or a video. Gotcha. You can't just text. So you, a lot of times, like I'll just take a random you know, image or you can even just have a black image. It doesn't have to be anything. It just has to be a photo. And then you share that um, to you know whoever you're inviting. Same thing with video. Once the image has been shared, you can continue on with text The only thing that does get frustrating is once you've started an Instagram direct message, you can't add any more photos to that message. It can only continue in text. So if you wanted to share another image, you'd have to start a new message, which hopefully they'll fix that in the future. My last question is that the Instagram app itself is relatively, the desktop version of the Instagram app is relatively limited in its functionality. Um, it's, Mm -hmm. It's almost like at half the functions, it seems. So 
there's a lot of marketers that are sitting in front of computers and want maybe the ability to do more with Instagram without having to use a smartphone. Are there any apps out there that, or tools that enable marketers to simplify the process of managing Instagram that are not necessarily just mobile apps? There are um, a few out there. The two that I recommend because I trust them and I've used them considerably. Um, one is Hootsuite and you can actually do an Instagram uh, tab on your Hootsuite dashboard. However, it's considered an app according to Hootsuite. So it's not a full functional um, network like you would get with Facebook or Twitter. And it means that you can like, you can comment, you can see your feed um, from Instagram in your dashboard, which is great if you, let's say you have three or four Instagram accounts, you can have all of them going at the same time live and you can engage and comment, but you cannot upload any new photos or schedule any posts through Hootsuite. Mm. So that is a downside, but this is going to be that's standard across the board. Um, Icono Square, I-C-O-N-O Square, used to be called Statagram. And it is an amazing tool. It's all analytics. It tells you everything you need to know about your Instagram account as to when are the best times of the day for you to post, when do you post most often, what's getting the most engagement, who's followed you, unfollowed you, whole bunch of stats. And it also works as a dashboard. Again, allows you to like and comment, follow, unfollow, all those kind of things from one desktop dashboard. But again, you can't upload or schedule any posts. So there generally speaking, oh yeah, can you do that with any app or no? There are a couple out there that claim to allow it. I always say, you know, this is not your own risk type environment. Instagram holds their API very, very close to the chest. Gotcha. And they do not allow anyone to post outside of Instagram or schedule posts. So if anyone says they can do it, you run the risk of that account being shut down because Instagram finds out and shuts them down and then you lose all of your capabilities. Or it could be a scam. They're just trying to get all your login credentials so they can log into your other accounts. Mm. Um, it, it can be done. Apparently there are some out there. Most of them require you to pay a service that they're not free because they want your money. Um, so like I said, I, with all of those, I do advise, do your research, you know, look into them, make sure they're, they're worthy and kind of swim at your own risk in those waters. Well, this has been really awesome. I've learned a lot. Um, where can people <laughs> discover more about you and your ebook, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Instagram? You can get everything you need on my website, which, as you mentioned, is jenstrends.com, J-E-N-N-S, trends.com. And right there in the right sidebar menu, <clears throat> excuse me, I have the link to my ebook. It'll take you right to Amazon, and that's the U.S. Amazon site. So if you don't, if you're not in the U.S., just um, do an Amazon search for Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Instagram, or even if you just search Instagram, it should come up. And you can get it on uh, Amazon. It's only a couple bucks, so it's not going to break the bank. And it gives you everything you need to know to get started from how to set up your profile, all the different lingo, how to upload videos, photos, how to use all the different filters and what filters are best for what environments and settings and all that kind of stuff. Jen Herman, on behalf of everyone who is kind of a rookie when it comes to Instagram, like myself, thank you so much for illuminating us and sharing all your insight with us. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. I know I did. If there's anything that we mentioned in today's show that you missed, we take the notes for you. All you've got to do is visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 96. 
slash 96, and you'll find everything there. And you can leave your comments. Let me know what you think about the show. Also, if you've been a regular listener to the show for a while and you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and give us a rating and or a review? Um, In particular, on iTunes would be really appreciated. You can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And if you're not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button. And then go ahead and just um, give us a star rating and, and review. This does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.